somebody say, whoa. whoa. Now listen, that word is a word of impending danger. It is not a, hey, something's going to happen if you don't kind of calm down. But, but Jesus used that in Matthew 23 as a warning, as an impending judgment that was coming to the people of God. We started this series last Sunday. And, 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 and before we get into the message this morning, I'm going to ask you to pray for the preacher. Uh, it's not very often that I, that I do this, but I, I have felt the weight of this series um, and physically. Like, I, and I know there is warfare that is attached to this message. Um, I know there's a warfare that is attached to this. I, I fight spiritual warfare on a continual basis just by the nature of what it is that God's called us to do. But then there's sometimes where unique pressure and strain comes in. And so I know that the hand of the Lord is on this series. It is on this message because I am feeling the fight of it. I'm feeling the fight of it. I, I told Emily we were uh, at family's house last night and I had to leave because I felt like I had the flu, although I do not have the flu. There's no Rona on me. But my body, the body aches uh, of the flu and, and to the point to where I had to roll over. We were, we were talking, pillow talk, and um, I had to roll over and, and Em's like, do you want me to pray for you? I'm like, please, doggone, pray, pray for me. Hallelujah. Pray for me that I actually sleep. And so she, she prayed for me and, and last night was a great night's sleep. Hallelujah. Uh, for the first time through this duration of this series as we've been preparing. But the point is, I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I understand the fight I'm in. So I don't know why you picked camouflage to, to wear for the praise team today. But I'm glad we're doing battle with each other. Hallelujah. Not against each other, but with the same direction in mind. And, and listen, I want you to pray for me. And while I, you're praying for me, I'm going to pray for you. Deal? So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you right now that every hearer has the ears to hear what you are saying, Spirit of God, to the church. We thank you, Lord, that your word is a two-edged sword, that it is able to separate bone from marrow. We thank you, Lord, that it not only brings healing and cuts away things, but there are also things where you have to just do surgery on us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that everything about our walk with you is not rose petals and frolicking through the fields of favor, but there are some things that you are correcting us in that we might live more holy and more acceptable in your sight. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for grace that covers a multitude of our sins, but we also thank you that there are things you ask us to do to live holy and acceptable. So right now, Spirit of the living God, we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, and we ask you, Lord, to allow us to be holy and acceptable under your sight. It is our reasonable act of worship. We thank you right now, God, that it is reasonable for us to pray. It is reasonable for us to lift our hands. It is reasonable for us to amen. It is reasonable for us to give. Get us back into reasoning the reasonable things of our lives to be displayed to you, great God and King that you are. Anoint the words. Let it come forth with power, with authority, with demonstration but most of all, God, rooted in truth and love. We praise you for it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to preach to you. We're going to number two of, of these seven woes of Jesus. And I'm going to preach to you, subtitle this message, Long-Winded Religion. Anybody ever been in a long-winded anything? I, I try to tell people all the time, I will be eternal, but I do not want to be everlasting. Have you ever been in seasons where you thought, my God, this thing ain't never going to end? Well, I'm sure you're looking at me going, amen, pastor. <laughs> amen. We want, yes, wish we have. Don't let the devil use you right now. Hallelujah. 
Listen, God is creating a conflict in this series, in these woes that he gave us in Matthew chapter 23. Watch this. In order that you and I might avoid an impending judgment that's coming. Most people live their life having problems with Jesus, but it never dawns on them that maybe there's some things in our life that Jesus has a problem with. Here is a God who agape loves you and me. He loves us unconditionally, but that does not mean he allows everything that we do. Although all things may be lawful, all things are not profitable for the sake of relationship with Jesus. And here's a God who loves us unconditionally, but just because he loves us unconditionally doesn't mean he accepts everything we do. Hmm. And this series is a series where he's warning you and I. And he's looking at the church of that day, and I believe it's as relevant as it is today as it was in those days, where he's looking at the religious of the day and saying, whoa, whoa, you need to stop this. You need to calm down. You need to make a conscious decision to go against what your natural tendency is, what the traditions are of this day. There are things that are happening that are not okay. Whoa. Hmm. Listen, I understand that this was not a popular conversation of those days, and I understand that this is not a popular sermon series. I, I don't know how many places. As a matter of fact, I went on YouTube, and I just started to try to search a series on woe. And I couldn't, oh God have mercy, I couldn't find anybody that you would recognize by name preaching a series on woe. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I couldn't find anybody on TBN. I couldn't find anybody on INSP. I couldn't find anybody on Daystar because I'm going to tell you why. It's not popular preaching. We want to preach to you about blessing. We want to preach to you about favor because that's how we can get in your pocketbook. Y'all don't hear me today. But, but here's God saying, whoa, there are some things that is not okay if you're going to be in a love relationship with me. It may work for things in religion, but it is not working for things in relationship. You, you may have a form of godliness, but I'm talking about really living in an authentic relationship with Christ. There are some things that we're going to have to stop doing, according to the text. But what we've done is we've created religious robots. We've created religious robots that have taught you, you give you lift your hands when we tell you to lift your hands. You sit down when we tell you to sit down. You stand up when we tell you to stand up. You show up when we tell you to show up. And if you don't show up when we tell you to show up, we're going to make you so guilty and so full of shame that when you do show up, we're going to look at you and say, my God, where have you been? I thought the rapture took place. Come on. And we wonder why they never want to show up again. Well, today... I want to, I believe the Holy Spirit, it's not even about me, because if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, I would just preach you happy and make me feel good. Come on. I would try to work this thing to make everything a positive spin. I told, I told one of our spiritual sons earlier, he came into the, my office, and, he, and I said, do you know how fun it was to preach faith over fear? That's not this series. I, I do not enjoy moments like this, but I believe God is pulling us back into a love relationship again. Where we're not just showing up for the sake of showing up, but that we're not pulling a paycheck for the sake of a paycheck. Come on, come on. And I'm talking to the people in the room to get the paychecks. That we're not here for our gig. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. But, but that there is a love, authentic relationship. And, and, and I ask God to help me move us away from the gifted and the talented, be the only people who... Um, 
to move us beyond our traditions and our personal preferences into a loving relationship with our Savior. Look, let's pick up in verse number 4 of Matthew 23. Watch this. For, for Talking about the religious robots of the day. For, for they bind heavy burdens and hard to bear, and they lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. What he's saying is, I give you all the rules. I tell you all the things you should be. I tell you all the things you should be doing, but I don't live in those things myself. That, that, that I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you, but don't you dare look at me and tell me what's wrong with me. Because I'm not worried about me, because I'm more concerned with the splinter in your eye than the beam that's on the inside. Watch verse 5. But all of their works they do to be seen by men. So even their spirituality, and I use that term in quotes because it's not, it's not Holy Spirit reality. You understand? That all of the things they do is for the sake of the show. That they come in with all of the antics, they come in with all of the stuff, and, and I'm one for illustrations, not for the sake of being cute, but for the sake of being effective. I, I'm, I'm interested for the sake of being effective. I had somebody pop at me um, um, a couple weeks ago. They said, oh, said, God help the preachers that are more focused on their shoes than the call of God on their life. Let me help you. I'm going to help you, okay? I'm going to help all you in the room that, that have issues with, with, with my shoes. Let me help you here, okay? Those of you watching online, put this on YouTube. You ready? The reason why I wear the shoes I wear is because I want to be relevant to the teenagers that are sitting in this room. That if I can get them to look at my shoes, they won't look at my bald spot and think I'm irrelevant. Come on, you can laugh. I'm serious. That's the reason I do what I do. Hallelujah. It's all intentional. Because ultimately, y'all, if you're 40 or older, you know what I'm talking about. It's about your feet being okay. I just don't want to have to limp around and be, I ain't trying to hear that. That's, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I, I ain't, I'm beyond trying to be cute any of these days. I just don't, my heel spurs hurt, y'all, and I'm not bucking Broncos up here. So I want comfortable shoes. That's why <laughs> it's so funny. I wear Crocs every day of my life except in the pulpit. Hallelujah. That's not fashion. That's total practicality for heel spurs. Anybody say amen with me today? No. But the whole point of it is so that, so that a teenager will look and go, oh, he's relevant to my life because he's got a shoe game. No, no, I got a gospel I'm trying to shove down your throat. And if you'll stand and look at my shoes long enough, I'm going to get you to lift up your eyes from the heels from which cometh your help. It's all about being intentional. But listen, but don't mistake the show for the be, being an entertainer. Don't mistake the, 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 all the plasticity of religiosity for entertainment. We're not here to entertain you. We're here to entertain him. Because in his presence is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And I need you to understand today, the reason why we do what we do is for him to get all the glory, all the honor, all the power and all the dominion and if there's anything that's happening in this room that is about anybody but the one that this room is about we need to close it up fall on our face and say God forgive us again for making anything of God but you I told him saw a pastor friend of mine this week he said how's the series going I said I'm fighting all kinds of hell but the good news is all kinds of heavens fighting for this thing too and y'all don't hear what I'm saying I came to break up every God every 
idol. I can't. Listen, I love beef. We will sacrifice every sacred cow in this room. About the time we start worshiping anyone but Jesus, that thing's going to the valley to die too, y'all. Because I don't want us to fall in love with an idea. I want us to fall in love with the living Christ. Talk to so many pastors and leaders that are exhausted from pretending. Dear friend of mine, mentoring right now, spending time with, and, and I had to come to this realization. And, and it, cost, it cost me a job. But I would, rather I would rather you hate me for who I am than love me for who I pretend to be. I would rather you get out of here and run because you see the real me than for you to all flock by the thousands for the pretend one that I have to put the mask on every Sunday to be viewed. We have to come back to a loving relationship with our Lord. All of their works are to be seen by men. Now we're in verse 14. One verse today. Jesus comes in second level. He goes, whoa! Whoa, you religious robots. You bunch of scribes and Pharisees. You hypocrites. For you devour widows' houses. Huh. And for a pretense, make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. You devour, you bunch of robots. You bunch of religious, this judgment here is a word of judgment. Jesus has come in. As a matter of fact, here we are in Matthew 23, and God is balancing the scale for the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount. And, and let me just stop here long enough to say, depending on what translation you read, verse 14 won't even show up in some translations. You, you, you can read some translations, and it will say verse 13, and it will immediately go to verse 15. They skip this one altogether. But the problem is you're still going to find it in Mark chapter 12. We'll get there. He says, woe to you. You bunch of scribes, and those scribes were the, the ones who were writing the words of their religiosity for everybody else to get twisted up by. They, they were scribes. They were, they were the intelligent. They were the affluent of the day, and they were the ones who could craft incredibly, and they could have these craftsmanship, these drafts, these books, these, these unbelievable, what we would call New York Times bestsellers, and, and you didn't know what you should do because they would take the words of what they knew in the Old Testament that they, they would twist them for personal gain. They would take an authentic God, Jehovah, Yahweh's God's words and commands, but they would twist them to make sure that the people would always look to them for what it was that God was really trying to say. Huh. Says, whoa. There's a judgment coming to you. There's a judgment coming to every author that looks at his text and twists it so that they can get more of their money. Not only scribes, but Pharisees. These were the false teachers and leaders of the day. And, and, and these men and women, these men 
They had a message, but it was a counterfeit gospel. It it was a counterfeit gospel. It was a different Jesus than the one that was really talking. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. There, there There was a warning coming to the people that was spewing a counterfeit gospel. Here's the word that has made flesh going, listen, I was in the beginning. What you're saying did not happen in the beginning. Because the beginning for you is when you get in their pocketbooks. But I was with Alpha in the beginning. Whoa, there's a judgment coming. There's a judgment coming. And then he calls them hypocrites. Huh, interesting. In other words, their character is opposite of the way they really live. Who they are on the outside does not really match who they are on the inside. That, that there's a way they live inwardly that is not con- walking congruently with the, what they display outwardly. They tell you it's all about Jesus, but really on the inside, it's really all about them. Because the hypocrite is here to teach you, but they're here to teach you for their own personal gain. I want you to hear me today. Most often I have found well-meaning people that have been devastated by church hurt. Because it was either a scribe or a Pharisee. But either way, they were hypocrites. So here's a person trying to live holy, getting the heaven beat out of them. All in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. These kinds of people are lethal to people. These kind of people are lethal to the church. These kind of people are lethal to the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And these are the kind of people that you and I have to intentionally reject becoming. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, for you devour widows' houses. What in the world? Like, we're not talking about gingerbread, y'all. But they devour, they eat an entire house. And it's not just anybody's house. It's the house of a widow. Here's what Jesus is calling out. Jesus is calling out the church that is full of manipulation. I want you to hear me today. That God is bringing judgment to the house that is trying to manipulate the people of God. That, that if you're going to be ipulated, I would rather you be god ipulated than man ipulated. Do you hear what I'm saying today? That, that you have to put on the spiritual gift of discernment. 
and recognize what is being manipulative and what is God really moving in. This because watch this, the, the hypocrites of the day, the religious leaders of that day, they would devour the houses of even the widows. In other words, they would take advantage of and then they would abuse even the, the generosity of the widows for their own selfish gain. That they had no problem living in a gated community telling you while you're living in the projects how great you should be giving God even more. Y'all not hear me. <laughs> that, here you are being called to a church and there's 25 people in the church but pastor, excuse me, bishop is driving a Bentley. Here he is. He's got a brand new Mercedes. And all of his people are starving to death. Spiritually. And physically. Being manipulated. He's calling out. For, 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 listen. These men of, this, of that day, they would flippantly drive people into poverty. You got to give more. You got to give more. My God, we didn't get enough in the offering. Get the ushers back out here. Get the plates back out here. I'm not moving any further. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Obviously, y'all ain't been there. My God. The, 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 and the clerk is in the back in the middle of the message letting the preacher know how many doggone dollars came in and the signal would come from the back. There was not enough. We, My God, get the ushers back out here. Let's get them all over again. We're not moving until we get this need met. The question is, what is the need that's being met? It is quiet in this Holy Ghost filled church. Come on. What? Again, we're being manipulated. They would drive their people into poverty. They would drive them into poverty. And they would be okay. As long as nothing got affected on their paycheck. One of the things that so frustrates me is when I live, and on a personal level, listen, I love Jesus, okay, I love Jesus, but I don't have a picture of him hanging over my bed, we, we okay, I mean, I love him with all my heart, but do you understand what I'm saying, like, <clears throat> when my wife and I are spending time together, it ain't amazing grace how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me, you understand what I'm saying, so, <laughs> are we okay, can y'all handle real talk? Or y'all need to be, be so holy I glow in the dark? Because I can't live there. I can't live there. There's sometimes I got to turn to station. You understand what I'm saying? And, and listen, I listen to a wide variety of music because I just enjoy a wide variety of music. That's why you will hear me in any kind of moment. I will break into old school rap. And by old school, I mean 80s. It's so weird <laughs> to hear that's old school now. <clears throat> I'll break out into it in a minute. And, and, and then I also try to listen to what my kids are listening to because I don't want to be ignorant, <laughs> right? So, so I'm sitting and I'm listening to this stuff and, and, and I'm hearing how hard the street life is from a guy who's making $40 million in his gated community. 
telling me what real street life is. You know what that's called? Manipulation. Okay. Because the ultimate goal of the religious that Jesus was dealing with, watch this. It's about the money. It's about the money. Don't make me go back into the 80s with Clinton. It's about the economy, stupid. It's about, it's about the money. God is contending with the manipulative agenda of the religious because the root of it is greed. Hear me. Greed is the real God in religious places. Run from houses of worship where all you hear is about how you need to give. Run from houses of worship where all you hear is that your faith, your faith, your faith is only attached to your pocketbook, old school word. Your debit card, your, your Venmo, that your relationship with the Lord is all about your relationship that the Lord has with your cash app. Now, I do believe that there is a parallel. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I do believe that there is a stewardship that should take place. But if all you ever hear is that if you will give $15,000, I'm going to give you some toilet water from Jerusalem, and you are going to get healed. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. It's the foolishness of the stuff that I just hear on TV. And I'm sitting there going, no wonder nobody wants to come to Jesus because we look like a bunch of jokesters out here panhandling trying to manipulate people to get in their pocketbook so that we don't have a problem in our personal lives. And like sheep who have no ears, we blindly follow because they wear a collar. Run from any place that says the only way you can find God's whatever is attached to your financial whatever. I know what's tied in here. First Timothy 6.10. For the love of money, it is the root of all evil. It, the money is not the root, but it is your passionate desire, and that is your only focus. It, it, if that is your focus... You have now created a root in your life that springs up not just some evil, but all kinds of evil. All of a sudden, evil is running rampant, not just in your finances, but in your marriage, and in your household, and with your kids, and in your job, and it's everywhere. It's, it's reaping a variety, a plethora of different things in our life. It is the root of all kinds of evil. It's amazing to me, if you'll take the evil that you see and drill all the way down, you're going to find the love of money, greed, at the end of it. I know this is not popular, but it is truth. For the love of money is all kinds of evil. Watch this. It is through this craving that some have in, uh, wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. We pierced ourselves with many pains because we've been going after the dollar. 
versus going after God's destiny over our life. Proverbs 28, 25. A greedy man stirs up strife. I'm pulling the curtain back today. If you, if every, every place where you see contention, I promise you, get down to the money. Get down to the money. Because a greedy man is always conjuring up stuff. A greedy man is always trying to create stuff. It's always tense. It's always, all kinds of strife is taking place. There's always tension. It's always, y'all know how it is. Good Lord, have mercy. All you had to do is have a, a, a father in the house. My God, who left this light on? Ain't nobody upstairs and you left the dog on air conditioning on. What? It's about the money. It's about my childhood. You ready? What did you do? Live in a barn? Why'd you leave the door open? I just wanted the windows of heaven to blow fresh in this house. A greedy man stirs up strife. A greedy man. Listen, I want you to hear me. Proverbs 28, 25. Can I say it the way God knows I want to say it? I may not be able to say it in the 11 o'clock, but can I say it the way I want to say it? There's a reason why everybody keeps all the drama up on TV. They stir it up. There's a reason they want all of us scared. There's a reason why they want all of us divided. There's a reason why they want all of lawlessness pushed away. Mm, I don't want to get ahead of my series. But in a couple of verses, God says, For you swallow camels, but you choke on gnats. You have the ability to deep throat a camel, but you cough and puke on a gnat. There's a reason why they keep us focused on the distractions of gnats. Because we'll tolerate the camels. The Keep it stirred up. Listen to me. I want Holy Spirit to speak to you in such a way with everything that comes through your gates. Your ear gates, your eye gates, your mouth gate. I want every gate to be guarded by the filter of the Holy Spirit. And here's what you need to discern. Every single time you're listening to anybody talk and you're giving your gates, you must discern what is seed, what is need, and what is greed. You need to have the spiritual gift of discernment to come up on your life and discern, is this a seed moment, is this a need moment, or is this a greed play for my money or for my life? What is the seed, what is the need, or is this greed? Holy Spirit, speak to me right now. Is this a seed that you want me to sow, or is this a need you want me to feel, or is this greed trying to get into my pockets that you want me to reject and run from? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. For those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless, senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Did you hear what I said? That if you desire to be rich, you fall into a temptation that is going to lead you into ruin and destruction. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Jesus speaking, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance 
of his possession. Proverbs 15, 27. Whoever is greedy for unjust gain troubles his own household. Troubles his own household. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For, for you will love one or you will hate the other. You will love one and you will resent the other. And it's amazing to me how many people resent God when their money goes away. Proverbs eleven twenty four. For one gives freely, yet grows all the richer, while another one withholds what he should give and only suffers more want. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This is vanity. And we will devour the house of a widow to make sure we get to eat filet. James 1, 27. Here's religion that Jesus can handle. Pure religion. That is undefiled. In other words, this is not tainted. Is when you take care of the ones that the religious people are devouring. The widows and the orphans. You want to find a worthy project to put your money into, your life into? Find the place where widows can be taken care of and find the place where the fatherless and the motherless can be loved. This is the religiosity Jesus can get behind. Pure religion that is undefiled is when we take care of the widows and the orphans. This verse in Matthew 23, 14 is, is not even in some translations. So let's jump to the Gospel of Mark, verse 40. Mark chapter 12, verse 40. Here, here's Mark echoing the same thing that Matthew heard. He says, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers, these will receive greater condemnation. Verse 40. Now I want you to see verse 43. Same conversation. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that this poor widow has put in more than all of those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her put in all that she had her whole livelihood. It is amazing to me how many people I believe that have preached this out of context. In verse 40, he's condemning the religiosity of the day. And then starts the narrative, now watch. I just told you I have a problem with this. Now here's the parable come to life. While he's condemning the religious of the day, the widow with two mites is walking into the synagogue. And what we do is we all preach, oh, she gave everything. She gave everything. She gave everything. She gave all that he had. But could it be that while he's celebrating her, he's also given a living example of the condemnation that they're walking in? He's praising her for her obedience, yet exposing the selfish intentions for the religious of the day. Here's a woman doing what she thinks is right because her pastor told her to. 
She did not give out of her abundance. She did not even give out of her love. She gave out of her poverty. Read the text. The atmosphere was not conducive to a moment for faith to rise. And she sowed out of seed. She was obedient. But the root behind it was a greedy man ipulating this widow who already had nothing. God is challenging who really has our heart. Say it another way. God is challenging what really has our heart. One of the reasons why, and I get, I get comments all the time from friends of mine. How come you never let me preach in your pulpit? Well, do you really want me to answer that? It's usually how it starts. I've sat in so many services. I'll, I'll give you one. It's the 9 o'clock. Y'all can handle this. I sat in one service, and this place was packed out. 2,000 people packed out. And this particular artist, I won't call her a minister, I'll just call her an artist, stands up and says, the Lord just spoke to me and said that there are 200 people in this room that are supposed to sow a $1,000 seed. For the building program of this ministry. She called to her husband. Honey, the Lord said we're to be the first ones. So he comes running down. It's amazing how quickly he wrote it. He's running down out of the balcony. Here, honey. Hands are the seed. I'm calling for the ushers right now all over the room. Bring them right here. I don't want you to pass the plate. I want you to bring. There's 200 of you. There's one. I'm one. There's two. There's three. There's five. There's 20. There's 100. There's 125. There's times 1,000. Are you hearing me? There's 199. My God, we're not moving any further. Somebody, come on, you're the one. You're the one we've been waiting on. You're the one we've been waiting on. And I'm sitting there going, God, you're just doing something incredible. This is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this before. I wasn't the one. Come on. Come on, I wasn't the one. That wasn't the day I was praying, here am I, send me. Finally. After manipulation, after manipulation, after manipulation, one comes in, little old grandma, grabs that $1,000, lays it in. Oh, God, he did it again. Come on, church. Church went buck wild. 
buck wild. Now that was in the service. After the service, all of the leadership have gathered together in the room. And this very same minister is now sitting in the, in the conference room. And the pastor's tears in his eyes. I'm in the room. Tears in his eyes. I can't believe this. I can't believe what, a, what an incredible generosity this was. She said, oh, no. The building program was mine. You didn't hear what I said. Here you are in the sanctuary at a church in a building program. And you just raised $200,000 for a building program. But it was your building program, not. Come on. What do you do when you're constantly getting worked? Holy Spirit is this seed, is this need. You can't believe I'm saying some of this stuff, can you? Is this greed? Holy Spirit, is this seed, is this need, or is this greed? No wonder the church has stopped being the hope of the world. No wonder everyone sits there and you got to come for six months before you figure whether you can or maybe can trust me. Because it's so easy to come even into his house and be manipulated. I'm pulling the curtains back today. I'm just telling you. I'm pulling the curtains back today. Because I'm tired of seeing people being led astray intentionally. For those of you that have been manipulated, both in this room and watching, for those of you that have ever been worked and you have been so wounded, I want you to hear me. The widow was blessed even if the intent behind the leader was cursed. I need you to hear me today that even if you were being manipulated, the fact that you were giving to God, that even if you were being worked, the fact you were doing it as unto the Lord, the fact that that little old woman got worked all the way down to be the 200th one to come down and lay it in the altar so that a man or a woman could lay their hands on them. I need you to hear me today. Even if it was out of manipulation, even if it was out of malice, that the blessing of the Lord is still resting on that widow's might still resting on your life and although it may have come from an evil place God is the one that rewards the diligent God is the one that sees the heart of those that are on there and listen that's why I tell you all the time to always do it for the Lord to always do it as unto the Lord you don't give out of the church you don't give out of just need you don't give just out of seed but you know that God is a rewarder of those who are willing to diligently Gently seek him even in those areas. We must always do it for the Lord. Now let me hurry. Come on, Chris. You devour widows' houses. God forgive the church. 
Forgive the church, God. Purge us that have gotten caught up in the game. God, call your ministers back to minister to you before they ever minister to the people. Crucify us again, oh God, and let us be your beacon of light. Devour widows' houses. And here it is. After they've devoured the houses of the widows, watch what happens. Then they spiritualize it. Now that you've given, come here and let me lay hands on you. So the offering plate is attached to the release of anointing. I can't pray for you if you're not going to give. So come on down. Put your seed in the basket, which gives me permission to release the healing into your life. And for a pretense, after they have manipulated the seed, God, call every Christian businessman and woman back to a heart that pleases you, not the bottom line of the agenda of their business. It's a pretense. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. How is it? Can I say it the way I want to say it? How is it that we can screw people out of their money all week long and still lift our hands in worship? How is it that we can kill people and that not weigh on us when we try to ascend the hill of the Lord. Our hands are tarnished. Well, it's about mine. That's the problem. It's supposed to be all about him. fake it's fake somebody tell me the first word of our vision don't come in here and give him a form of godliness if you're struggling today be real if you're hurting today be real I, gone are the days of this plasticity where we've got to look the part be real because you will never conquer what you refuse to confront for a pretense they make long prayers they get spiritual for the sake of being spiritual but let me hear you just because they can pray long doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit they're talking to I need you to hear me just because they can say all the right words Lucifer's aware of this book too. 
He's aware of this book too. Is it not written? Is what he said to Jesus. He's so good at it that even in the garden, he knew what God told Adam and Eve. Did God not say? It's fake. It's about being publicly expressive for the sake of being publicly spiritual. Listen, and you know there's something wrong because when they get spiritual, it's more intimidating than it is inspiring. You find yourself going, I can't pray like that. Versus, God, help me to pray like that. You hear what I said? You listen to them pray and you're like, oh, man. There's no way I could ever do that. But those who are deeply spiritual and they're drawing the presence of the Lord and they're drawing you, you go, God, allow me to have that kind of intimacy with you. Ignorance in your... Now let me balance it. These people are being judged because they're spiritual for the sake of being spiritual. But it is just as religious to remain ignorant in your prayer life too. I, don't, I can't pray. I don't know how to pray. I, you've been in relationship for 10 years. And you're still making the excuse. Listen, that's religious. Because prayer is nothing more than communication to God. You talk to Him like He's your best friend. And the good news is we have Bluetooth all over the place these days. So you can be driving in your car. Just blah, 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 going, hey, praise the Lord, God. And people just think you're talking on the phone. You're not crazy anymore. Come on. It's communion. Here's the word of warning. Verse 14. Devour widows' houses. You're, you're fake with your long-winded religion. And then look. There's greater condemnation coming for you. It's in the book. I don't care what translation tries to kick it out. It's in the book. There's greater condemnation coming for the person who's manipulative and fake. Do you know what that means? That means that there are degrees of punishment in hell. Listen to Charles Spurgeon. He's one I will read often. Commentaries I'll read often. Charles Spurgeon. Listen to what he says. He said, all the ungodly will be judged and condemned by the righteous judge. But the greater condemnation will be reserved for the hypocrite. Like, everybody's getting judged. And there are people that are going to get condemned. But the hypocrite, you're going to have a real bad problem. For every place that's ever gotten caught up in the manipulation. For every area of our life that has more greed than God. Today, we renounce it in the name of Jesus.
And we say, give us clean hands and give us pure hearts. Help us, oh God, to not be lifted up to an idol or swear by what's false so that we may receive the blessing of the Lord and strength from the God of Jacob. Today, oh God, for every pastor that has been manipulated, for every pastor that has been hindered in their calling because of the witchcraft spirit in the congregation, today I call you back out into your place of light. For every person that has lived intimidated, for God has not given you the spirit of timidity, but power, love, and a sound mind, it is your portion. Today, oh God, you call us to you. Purge every one of us, oh God that are manipulative by nature. Purge every one of us, oh God, that have gotten caught up in the greed. God, let this be a place that builds the houses of widows. That parents, the orphans, Let this be a sanctuary that fosters for the sake of the needy. Oh God, thank you that you're raising up fosterers in this house. Oh, I didn't see that until I just saw it. Thank you, oh God, that you're raising men and women to choose those that have not been chosen. draw us back to you again, oh God. I want you to stand with me all over the room. I'm going to do something this morning for just about three minutes. I'm going to give you permission this morning for three minutes. And the reason I'm going to give you three minutes is because I don't want it to get long-winded. But before you leave this place, I want you to have a real conversation with God. I want you to fully devote Not just lip service, not just manipulative language, making promises to God you do not intend to keep, but right back to a love relationship with the one who holds your world in the palm of his hand. The one 
that in him you live and you move and you have your very being. The one that if it wasn't for him on your side, you know you wouldn't be here. For three minutes, I want you to have a real conversation with God. Father, come to you in the name of Jesus. And we say, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. That they would see your my good works, but they would bring glory to you, O oh God. Purge us of self. Come on, somebody needs to climb up on the cross today. Let us be crucified with you. And nevertheless, not I. But let it you that lives within me. Somebody's on the cross, but you just refuse to die. <laughs> come on, I just ask you, come on, just give up, just give up. Anybody just want Jesus? Anybody just want Jesus? I just want you. Yeah. I just want you. I just want you. Full attention 
Selfish motives, yeah. Search me till there's nothing hidden, and I'll give you everything. I'll give you everything. Oh, and
marriage is yours. My kids are yours. My house is yours. My cars are yours. My truck is yours. My dog is yours. My shoes are yours. My money is yours. My gifts are yours. My talent is yours. My charisma is yours. My salesmanship is yours. My soul is yours. My heart is yours. My mind is yours. My mouth gate is yours. My ear gate is yours. My eye gate is yours. My emotions are yours. My mentality is yours. My spirit man is yours. My body is yours. And we say today, God, it's reasonable sacrifice. It's a reasonable sacrifice. We love you today. We look higher today, oh God, from low-level living. We set our eyes, we fix our eyes on the hill from which cometh our help. Our help comes from you. We look to you, God, the Father of lights, in spite of the darkness that surrounds us. Though you slay us, yet we will serve you. 